You remain standing and take your copies of God's Word and turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9. Samuel 9, we'll begin at verse 1 and read tonight to the end of the chapter, verse 13. Hear now the Word of God, it is infallible, it is inerrant, it is God speaking to us, so let us pay close attention. And David said, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. And they called to him, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? <clears throat> Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amael at Lo-Debar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Amael at Lo-Debar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belong to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons. And twenty servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem. For he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both his feet. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday evening we looked at 2 Samuel chapter 8 and we saw God giving us a recap of the victories of David. Over the enemies of God and over David's enemies as well. 
We saw and heard of David's officials, how David had a, a right and good administration. And he administered justice and equity to all his people. And so tonight, as we come to chapter 9, we begin a new section this evening that will take us through chapter 20. And we have a, a history of the, the court of David. Now in this section, we will see detailed characterizations and intimate descriptions of human flaws and sins. We will see in this section that David is a sinner even though he is a man after God's own heart. Even the, the best of Israel's kings fell short of the glory of God. And so as we go through this section, we will see how, how sin got the best of David and eventually how that sin brought great heartache and difficulties to the king. And this reminds us of something very important that we are all in need of a greater king than David. Who is perfect in, in every way in order for us to be reconciled to God. And we know who that greater perfect king is. It is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And the section begins with David showing kindness to Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the grandson of Saul. The last time we heard of Mephibosheth was back in 2 Samuel chapter 4. We saw there that Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was murdered. And in 2 Samuel 4 and verse 4, we, we read these words Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was crippled in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And as she fled in her haste, he fell and became lame, and his name was Mephibosheth. And we said in chapter 4 that he was at that time, the time of the, what took place in, in 2 Samuel, he was around 12 years old. And so some time has passed. Mephibosheth is an adult. And David wants to show kindness to any left of the house of Saul. Now when we think of what Saul did to David, how Saul tried to murder him on several occasions, how David himself had, had opportunities to, to kill the king, but he would not lay his hand on the Lord's anointed, how David had to be a fugitive from Saul, we would think that David would not want to show any kindness to any of the house of Saul, if there was any left. But we see the reason tonight, the short answer, why David wanted to show kindness to one of the last remaining members of Saul's family was because of Jonathan. Jonathan and David were close friends. They made a covenant with one another. They made that covenant when David was on the run from Jonathan's father, Saul, that they would treat one another and their house well. 
And that nothing would come between those two men. Well, now Jonathan is dead. He died with his father Saul by the hand of the Philistines. But there is his son. And David finds out about his son. And he wants to show him great kindness. And we have a beautiful picture, I believe, tonight as well of the gospel. We have a beautiful picture of God showing kindness to those who have hated him. To those who once were his enemies. There are two themes in this chapter. One is showing kindness and the other is eating at the king's table. But there are three things we see tonight in our text. And we begin with David's inquiry in verses 1 through 4. He inquires... Is there one, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now we know at this moment David is the undisputed king. It's a fact that is emphasized again and again in this chapter. And so David can afford to be kind even to the house of Saul. So David actually seeks out anyone left. Now again, why? Well, because of Jonathan. The kindness David speaks of derives from that long-standing friendship and relationship with the deceased Jonathan. David had asked Jonathan to show him kindness, and Jonathan asked David the, the same to show him kindness, not only to him, but to his family. And so David now wants to honor that covenant. The covenant that he had made with Jonathan. And so there was a servant of the house of Saul by the name of Ziba. David calls him to himself and asks him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. Now here's a servant of Saul and he recognizes now that David is king and he bows before him. And so David asked, is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? And Ziba says, yes, there is. There's a son of Jonathan. And he is crippled in his feet. Now we hear that phrase crippled or lame in both of his feet twice in this chapter. Why, why does God remind us of that as he did in chapter 4? Well, the fact that, that Mephibosheth is crippled is really what kept him from coming to the throne and, and vying for the throne. We heard earlier how that happened when Saul and Jonathan were, were killed by, by the Philistines. And so David inquired, where is the son of Jonathan? And he he gets the location and he sends people there. He sends people to the house of Machir, the son of Amael at Lo-Debar. Now the town of Lo-Debar was east of the Jordan. We do not know the exact location, but a likely identification would have it placed 10 miles south southeast of the Sea of Galilee. And so David inquires. He hears that there is one left of the house of Saul. And then second of all, verses 5-8, through eight, we, we hear and we see David's kindness. 
In verse 5, then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Amal at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. Now think of this for a moment. Here you are, you're the last remaining the son of Jonathan and of Saul. You could have been king. And now the king calls for you. What is going to go through your mind? Whether or not you're going to die. Whether or not this new king will put you to death. Because you are the grandson of the man who tried to kill him. And so no doubt there was some fear for Mephibosheth, and as he comes, he falls on his face and he pays David homage. He is, here he is before the king. And he says, I am your servant. Now an ungodly king would have taken his life. An ungodly king would have put him to death. Because of what Saul, his grandfather, did. But David, he did not desire death, but he desired life for, Meph- for Mephibosheth. And we hear of that kindness that David had in verse 7. He said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? Now maybe David saw the fear in Mephibosheth's eyes. Maybe he saw that he came with fear and trembling and he eases the soul of Mephibosheth. He says, Do not fear. And David's kindness is again because of Jonathan. And what does David do for Mephibosheth? Well, he restores to Mephibosheth all the land of Saul. God's very gracious, isn't it? He could have given him an acre or two, maybe. No, he gave him all the land of his grandfather. And not only that, but he tells Mephibosheth as well that Mephibosheth will always eat. At the king's table. Think of that for a moment. No doubt Mephibosheth. He had a hard time. Being lame and boasted his feet. We know that he will have a servant. Given to him as well. And they will do much of the work. But here is Mephibosheth being. Given what he needs. In in food. And and it is by the king. For the rest of his life. Mephibosheth will have a place. At the king's table. And what is his response? What is your servant? That you should show regard for a dead dog such as I. You see, Mephibosheth, he understood that David did not have to do this for him. David could have hunted him down and killed him. After all, it was one of his enemies. At least Saul was. But David, the king after God's own heart, showed Mephibosheth great Mercy. 
Now again, this is a, a picture, is it not, uh, of the gospel. Because at one time, we were enemies of God. At one time, we did not deserve to come to the table of the Lord. And yet God, in His grace and mercy, He called us to Himself. And He has bestowed upon us gift after gift, grace after grace, kindness after kindness. And, and we would respond the same way, Lord, why do you have a regard for such a dead dog as I? The answer is simple, isn't it? It's because He loved us. He loved us from before the foundation of the world. And He has shown us great mercy. And then third of all, we see David's provision for Mephibosheth. Now, he could have just said, you're going to eat at my table the rest of your days. And that would have been gracious and merciful. But no, he goes beyond that. And the rest of the chapter shows us and, and tells us what David did for Mephibosheth. He calls Ziba, Saul's servant, and he tells him something. All that belonged to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring, him, bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat, but Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Again, Mephibosheth, he was lame. He was crippled. He, he couldn't do the farm work, could he? And so David commands Ziba, first I'm going to give Mephibosheth all that belongs to Saul. And now you are his servant. You and your sons are now the servants of Mephibosheth and you're going to till the land. You're going to plant the crops. You're going to till the land. You're going to make sure and bring in the produce so that Mephibosheth will have bread to eat. And yes, he will always have a place at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants and they all became the servants of Mephibosheth, and this was a sufficient workforce to help Ziba carry out the king's commands. And, the, and Ziba says to the king in verse 11, according to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. And then we hear that Mephibosheth, from that day forward, he was a part of the family of the king. He ate at the table of the king. He was treated as a son of the king. And then we hear of his son. Now it's interesting that Mephibosheth's name is really a name after a pagan god. But do you hear the name of the son, Micah? Now what does that mean? Well, it's the same as the prophet Micah. Who is like Yahweh? Who is like Jehovah? We see here that Mephibosheth recognized that there is none like Yahweh. There is none like Jehovah as he named his son. Who is like Jehovah? And so Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem. He always ate at the king's table. No, by the way, if you haven't figured it out by now, he was lame in both his feet. 
Now, what application can we make here tonight? Well, the first is what we see David doing. He kept his covenant. He kept the covenant that he made with Jonathan. He kept his word, did he not? He made a covenant with Jonathan. He bowed to the Lord. And, and this morning we heard vows being taken uh, by those who came to be community members. And we were reminded that when we vow a vow to God, what are we to do? We are to pay it. We hear that in Ecclesiastes 5. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it, for He has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should bow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God, why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? You see, David understood this. He had made a covenant with Jonathan years ago and he was going to keep that covenant. He was going to keep his word. Even though Jonathan was dead, it was because of Jonathan that David now wants to show kindness to the house of Saul. And so we are to keep our vows. We are to keep our word. We are to keep our end uh, of, of that covenant as we see David here doing for the sake of his friend. Then second, we see David showing kindness to Mephibosheth, and he did not hold the sins of Saul, his grandfather, against him, did he? David could have done that. David could have said, you know what, your grandfather, he didn't really treat me very well, and so therefore, Mephibosheth, I'm not going to treat you very well. But he was merciful to Mephibosheth. And this tells us and shows us that there will be times where we are not to hold the sins of others against their children or their grandchildren. We do not punish one for the sins of their family. And, and we see this when God is merciful to families. He brings one out of what we might deem a dysfunctional, unbelieving family. He brings one out and He makes them a new creation. We are not to hold the sins of their fathers and their grandfathers Against them, even though we may have been harmed personally. As Christians, we are to show kindness and mercy to others as much as possible. Now, why? Why should we do that? Because God has shown it to us. You are here tonight worshiping God, knowing the one true God, knowing Jesus Christ because of the kindness and mercy of of God to you. Not because you deserve it. You don't. You know this morning we came to the table. And you often hear me say. That we do not deserve to come to the table. We do not deserve the crumbs. Underneath the table. Of the Lord. And we don't. The only reason we can come to the table of the king. Is because of his goodness. And his kindness. And his mercy to us. And we are to show that kindness and mercy to others as much as possible. As much as possible, we are to live at peace and in peace with all men. So 
tonight we have a picture of the gospel. We have the picture of the king, David. And merely because of his love for Jonathan, his friend, and merely because of his love for the family of Jonathan, and yes, even the love of the family of Saul. Again, David would not stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed. He knew better. And even though Saul many times hated David, that hate was not given in return. And because of that, David wanted to show kindness. And that is what God has done for us. Why does God show us kindness? Because He loves us. David said to Mephibosheth, you always eat at my table. God has said the same to us. We will always eat at His table. Now we get a, a, a picture of that when we come to the Lord's Supper as we did this morning. We came and we ate at the Lord's table. And what is that a picture of? It is a picture of a, a greater meal that will last not just for a few minutes on the Lord's Day. It will last forever. A banquet, a feast. When Christ comes in His glory and He brings us home and, and we will have the best of the uh, best food, the, the best drink, the best wine. And why will we have that in the new heavens and the new earth? It's not because we deserve it. It's because God has saved us and He has redeemed us and He has called us to Himself and He has called us to the King. And He calls us to the King's table. And he does so because of his covenant mercy. That word that we have for kindness tonight, it speaks of more than just being nice to someone. It speaks of the covenant mercy of God. You know, God works by ways of covenant. We know that there are two covenants, the covenant of works, which our first parents Failed in keeping. And then immediately after God introduced the covenant of grace. And that's what we are a part of tonight. We are part of that, that covenant of grace to sinners. That was extended to our first parents. The moment after they sinned. It has been extended to us. And that same kindness that God showed to our first parents. He has shown to us. By, by remembering that covenant. To save His people from their sins. That was the purpose of God from the time of the fall on. To redeem and save His people. And that's why Jesus was sent. He was sent to save the people of God from their sins. So Jesus is the great King. And what has He done for us? Well, He has redeemed us. He has done so by the cost of His own blood, by suffering the, the wrath of God on the cross. And He has done that so that we might one day come to His table and eat forever with Him. 
to live forever in the new heavens and the new earth in a glorified body that will never again be sick, that will never again die, that will never again suffer the effects of sin. You see, Jesus did all of that so we would not have to suffer the wrath of God in hell forever. And because of the covenant mercy of God, we will always eat at His table. And so do you know that covenant mercy and kindness of God tonight? Many of us do. We are here tonight because of that mercy of God. We have been changed. We have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. But the only way that we, we truly know of that mercy and kindness of God is by turning from our sins and turning to Christ. Doing that about face that repentance is. Turning from sin. Turning to Jesus. And why is that? Because He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is Creator. And you see, one day we will answer to our Creator. We will stand before Him. We will give an account. And only if our Creator is our Lord, only if our Creator is our Savior, only if our Creator is our King, and we are merely His servants in faith and repentance, will we know of that kindness of God for all Eternity, Because without knowing Christ, there is no mercy. There's no kindness for us, to us. There's only wrath. And so as we stated this morning, I remind us tonight, today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Not an hour from now. If you are here tonight and God is showing you your sin and the only thing you you can do to know of the goodness and mercy of God, to know of that you are forgiven, is to turn from your sin and fall at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, save me, a sinner. And then you will understand what mercy and grace is. Because if you do that in faith, Jesus will save you. And you will know these words of Mephibosheth. What is your servant? That you should show regard for, for a dead dog such as I. May God add his blessing to the reading, hearing, and preaching of his word. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you tonight for your word. And we thank you that in your word tonight, we have a picture of what you have done for us through Jesus. You have shown us kindness and mercy, not because we are great people. No, we are the exact opposite. We are vile. We are wicked apart from Jesus. And we deserve nothing but your wrath. But we thank you tonight that you have been merciful to us through your son who is king. No, Lord God, I pray for any here this evening that knows not of this mercy and this kindness that you would be kind and merciful to them tonight, that you would change their heart and reveal their sin and reveal their need of Jesus and not just reveal it, but bring them to Christ. And then may we bless you, O Lord, with our soul. May we bless you with our being. May we bless you and praise you as your children. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen.